Hello everyone, it's Christian Fuchs, former Schalke player. And just to know, you are listening to Schalke America. Glück auf. Blau und Weiß sein Leben lang. Welcome to episode 147 of Shock America. The intro is nice and short. I'm your host, also short, Richard Carmen. Uh, joining me as always, co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, happy Thursday. What day is it? Wednesday, Thursday? Yeah, I mean, typically <laughs> we'll have the victory Monday. This was a uh, whenever we get to it, you know, loss yeah. kind of podcast. Uh, yeah. Of course, uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, on Monday, um, and uh, I think I already steal you enough uh, away from the misses as it is. Didn't want to interfere with that day of all days. So, uh, but yeah, looking forward to chatting about uh, what was a pretty, pretty disappointing result uh, given the opponent. Uh, you know, a Dusseldorf team hanging out near the uh, the bottom of the table. Um, the kind of game that you know, if you're if you're looking to get promoted, you got to get three points from it, and we did not do that. Uh, so that was yeah, very disappointing. Yeah, uh, we're we're with together, we're with each other often enough. Uh, but I don't think uh, you'd want me to move in with you because that's probably what would have to happen if I missed Valentine's Day with my wife. So yeah, we got to delay it, and there was no big rush because again we didn't win, and so no victory Monday to celebrate, and so we just took our time getting here. And honestly, we have a game this Friday against Paderborn. It is now a must win because um, after the results of this last weekend. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, a game we thought we should have had easily won. We had played really well, come up to this up to this point. Um, it looked like it could have been a trap game, even though we're playing. You know, we're playing a team that's second bottom or third bottom of the table. Um, it sure enough ended up being one. Uh, we ended up did having a uh, watch along uh, during the game, and so you know, we always joke about going up the highs and lows of the game, and that game certainly provided to have highs and lows in that game. Um, but let's get into the lineups first. Uh, for us, uh, we were the visitors in this one. Frazzle and goal as normal. Uh, back three went back to the the normal, quote-unquote normal, uh, back three of Kaminsky on the left, Itakura in center, and uh, Tiao on the right. Uh, midfield five was interesting. Uh, the middle three was was the same. Paulson, Idrizi, and Salazar. Olian on the left, Stallworth there. On the right wing was Marius Boulter. And then up top, you had Piringer and Tarota. And so Jack... Coming into the going into the game, we heard rumors that it was going to be Peringer, Bolter, and Tarota. Uh, my fear was that Bolter was going to be on the right wing, and sure enough, we saw him on the right wing. But what were your thoughts, uh, be, you know, going into the game with seeing Bolter on the right? I mean, it's it's generous to even call it right wing to some extent. I mean, you could call it like right back or right wing back. I mean, I know like because especially when Schalke is struggling to, um, you know, connect any passes. Uh, and get any sort of semblance of possession, as was the case for most of the first half, you're playing pretty deep. And at that point, he essentially is playing a, a largely defensive uh, role and, and not, you know, not like he's playing as like a wide forward. Um, so, yeah, when, when I saw that, I was I was pretty surprised by that. Um, I would have thought that Cherlinov would have been who you would put back there in the situation. And it's kind of ridiculous that we're even in a position to have to consider somebody like Bolter for this when we should have, you know, some decent depth there. Um, but, you know, obviously I still not back yet. And, and, you know, Ranful hasn't been good recently anyway. Um, yeah, but pretty shocking for me to see Bolter in that position. I think to some extent he acquitted himself decently 
Um, but he's not particularly mobile. Um, he'll, he'll put in the shift in terms of his work rate, but he's not, he doesn't cover that much ground that easily. No. Um, and so I thought that, yeah, just very strange. And I mean, I would have almost preferred to like have you call up a youth kid from the Knapp and Schmida and give somebody like that an opportunity. I mean, if we're really in a position where we're playing people that aren't, yeah, you know, of that position, then if it's Dusseldorf, just, you know, give the, give the opportunity to somebody else. How did you feel about it? Yeah. And you know what? Uh, before I even knew this was that Bolter was going to play, I was like, you know, if we're, if we're not going to be playing Ron full or, um, or, um, well, obviously not Vinheim Chirlinoff. and Churlinoff, um, you know, maybe Lee Dong Jong would be interesting, but he's a new guy. He's still not with the team. So you need some time to get used to it and come off. It's probably going to come off as a sub anyway. Uh, then when I heard Bolter's name mentioned in uh, possibly in a certain lineup, I said, well, hopefully Gramozzi changes to a front three and I can see that working because Bolter's really good on the left. Pieringer's mobile enough. He could do it on the right with Turrot in the middle. Um, and no shape, way, or form did I want to see Bolter playing in the right wing as, you know, Bronfel or Vinheim had played. And sure enough, he gets in the lineup there and I'm like, ah, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, if, if you're going to try it, it's going to be a team against like Dusseldorf because you have a chance that you're supposed to, you should win that game. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out. Um, they had a new manager bump, which we'll get to in a second. But um, yeah, it was uh, disappointing to see. And I didn't, we saw from the whole get go that it did not work whatsoever. Um, you, you mentioned that he is not mobile enough to do the position. And if it, it was just us in the attack, okay, it could work out. But when you're forced to play defense and he's not he's not defensive by any nature, Chirlonov would have been a far better option than that. We have been angry at how Chirlonov plays defense, but at least he's got the pace to make it running back and forth. Bolter, while he makes the runs and has good energy, he's not that kind of guy. And so it was frustrating to see him in, in that position, especially as the game wore on. Uh, looking at some of the guys on the bench, you had Loda, probably couldn't put there. Rezikowski, he's not that great. Trilinov, like you mentioned, should have been in probably the right wing position. Flick, more defensive back. Salif Sane. Matriciani is another option. Not that great this season. Mikhailov, and then the new man, Lee Dong Jong. Yeah, I mean, imagine if you had like a, I don't know, like a Timo Becker. Yeah, imagine that. Maybe that would yeah. have been useful. But. Yeah. Hmm. Take a sip of the water there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. it's okay, though. Um, the other thing that was interesting to me is that we've talked about, uh, you know, Salazar struggling recently. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, there was some, I think, articles or something that came out that said that obviously he was he was pretty self-critical as well and was pretty motivated to to turn things around. And so he was included in the lineup uh, yet again. And I actually think he ended up being um, pretty good in this one. Where, I mean, yeah. by by the standards of this particular game. Um, uh, pretty quiet early on, but a lot of our good offensive moments had him involved in it uh, in this one. So shout yeah. out to him. And I even think that, you know, with what we have at our disposal, you could have put a Salazar or even a Drizzy on the right wing. No, it's not our preferred, but you could bring in like a Flick or someone else in that middle and put Idrizzi or Salazar on the right. They could have done a better, much better job, I think, both back and forth than compared to Bulter. Uh, Bulter would be definitely option on the attack, but defensively, he just wasn't an option there really for us. Didn't do well. I mean, he did okay for what he was asked to do, but out of position really the whole game. Um, we talked about the new manager bump for um, for Dusseldorf. It certainly helped. We we worried about this in the Sandhausen match that they may have that opportunity with the new manager to get that bump. They didn't have it in that match, but Dusseldorf certainly did in this game. Uh, looking at their starting eleven here: uh, Kasimir, Hoffman, Petriowski, Ginchek, Nari, who was man of the match for me. Applecom, Zimmerman, Hennings, who's the who's the main goal scorer. Device, uh, Device, who's a pain in the ass all game long for for us. Uh, constantly drawing fouls, but always in, uh, always around in the play defensively. Uh, Sabotka had a very good game as well, and and Gavori. Um, 
the game, we I mean, we all knew that who Henning who Hennings is right. He, he's a notorious goal scorer, especially against us. It seems like um, so we knew that he was the main guy to mark. But I mean, honestly, you know, going into this game, I you know, I sh- Nari is a guy who ended up being the the man for me in the match because I think he caused so much and was constantly going down against us. What were your thoughts on under certain eleven? Yeah, I mean, like Hennings obviously is a name that you know Schalke fans will know. Sabatka as well. Uh, I would agree though that you know Khaled Nari was. Easily, I think their their best player overall, as you said, went to him early uh, and often. I think you know one of the first actions of the match was, um, I want to say, it was probably Gavori. Um, yeah. What a decent game as well. He played yeah. some nice balls at times. Uh, I think he just you know immediately was trying to play a long ball over the top with uh, Nadai running at Kaminsky um, and them trying to take advantage of that. And so much of what uh, Dusseldorf tried to do was was down that right hand side. Um, either kind of like more direct play over the top, trying to take advantage of his pace, or um, you know you'd see like Piotrowski get over there and like Henning slide over, and they'd try to create these overloads or these triangles in the in the right side, and then quickly kind of like change the ball towards the center, um, and you know hopefully having some things open uh, in the middle there, um, and uh, it didn't really pay off for them in the first half in terms of actually getting um, getting a goal, but. Uh, yeah, pretty dominant in the first half overall um, in a lot of areas. And yeah, Neri was a big part of that. Yeah, he certainly was. Um, and one thing that was evident to me, at least in the in the first half, was that, um, well, looking back at this whole season, one of the main weaknesses for us that we've been unable to defend, and we did be- we've done better in the last you know month or so, but what really has beaten us is the direct ball, especially the ones over top of us. For some reason... Our defenders, as mobile as they are, can't seem to cope with that. Uh, and and begin the season when we were getting beat fairly well, um, that was what was beating us a direct play. And in this game, you saw for off the bat, Dusseldorf not only pressing like we normally do, they were pressing, so we couldn't press, and they were going with that direct play. And it kept getting behind us, like you mentioned. It kept going over the top, trying to get Nari or trying to get Hennings and switching up the play. They played very well, Dusseldorf did, and that, that manager bump was very real for them. They didn't look like a bottom-of-the-table team. And... I mean, looking at the possession of the first half, it was something in the range of 70 to 30 for most of that yeah. first half. The, the pressure they put on us the second they turned the ball over um, was was significant. Um, really, I mean, the first the first 30 minutes of the game, uh, I don't know if Tarada had a touch, Yeah, honestly. Yeah. I mean, he, they, the ball just never got up that high up the field to them. I mean, we rarely had the ball in their half, let alone their final third. Um, really struggling to connect passes, you know, um, you know, two or three players getting swarming the ball the second it's turned over, that kind of thing. And it just it, that, that pressure kept up for, I mean, the entire first half. And you could see it was wearing us down. We almost looked tired from the beginning of this one, honestly. Didn't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. And they just had much more energy and intent. We weren't, you know, putting that kind of pressure on them. Um, and uh, yeah, struggled to pass our way out of it, struggled to create you know the triangles that we needed to kind of avoid these things when the pressure comes and uh, a lot of guys just um you know rather than trying to play a quick pass just get sucked into these dribble actions that they just collapse on themselves you know what i mean um yeah we just couldn't pass around it one of the better plays for us in the first half uh early on at least uh bolter you know we said he didn't wasn't playing so well on the right hand side he did get the ball like deep in deep in our end he made this long run uh, across the pitch and we had an okay chance there uh, but for the most part, I mean, like you said, the press was killing us. We couldn't string passes together. Frazzle, anytime he tried to distribute the ball, would go right to a Dusseldorf player. I mean, we were just shooting ourselves in the foot. Frazzle had a poor game and I yes. think even had a very poor first half before, you know, any of the goals were scored or anything. Uh, not a good showing from him at all. 
<laughs> Sorry, drinking my water and I got the mute and on. I, I, I um, stopped talking at a wrong moment. There, <laughs> so, speaking of wrong moments, and you know, the game was going so well for Dusseldorf, and uh, we finally got a break here. It was a nice play on the right hand side between um, Piringer and Salazar. Salazar gets into the uh, gets into the box, crosses, looking for Toroda. Toroda misses a point blank shot, but luckily enough, Idrizi doing what you're supposed to be doing as an attacker. Get in the back door. He got the post, he got the, the ball right to him, scored the goal. What nothing like that. I thought that was a blessing in disguise because one, it would have been a terrible team talk, first of all, because the team was so poor. Maybe we needed that. Uh, but now we get, you know, it's a demor- it's always demoralizing when you get when you give up a goal late in, in the first half and a half or whatever. And so us getting the goal, we got a chance to recoup, play better because we played so poor in the first half. I thought this was a good sign for us. Thoughts on the goal and and how you thought maybe it would have shaped us going into the second half. Uh, I mean, credit to whatever the halftime team talk was, because I felt like that should have been much more demoralizing than it ultimately was, given once again how dominant Dusseldorf were in the first half and how much control they had on that match. And the, the way that that goal in particular just kind of came out of nothing very quickly and was very much against the run of play. And, and you know, we probably hadn't deserved a goal by that point in the game. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, ball finds its way to Piringer. Zalazar's kind of streaking up the right-hand side, picks it up. Um, and, uh, you know, both both Idrizi and, and Tirada are trying to kind of make the same near-post run. Um, and Tirada's a little bit ahead of Idrizi. And luckily, Idrizi kind of realizes that and, and starts yeah. peeling off and heading back post. And he's calling for the ball. Um, doesn't get it, as you said. Zalazar fires it in near-post to Tirada, who, like, almost looked like he barely got anything on it, which was surprising because, yeah. yeah, as you said, it was kind of point-blank. Um and uh, it just sneaks through, and Idrizi is there to clean it up. He made a great, you know, back post peel run uh, to to be able to be in the right place at the right time. If one of those uh, slid through, and it did, um, and he, you know, made no mistake about it. So credit to him. I thought that was an intelligent piece of movement from him, from the youngster, um, which was good to see. And uh, yeah, a nice ball from Salazar. And I think one of the the only other looks at goal we kind of had earlier in the match also came from a Salazar cross. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one like maybe scored it out, kind of back to like the far side of the box too and nothing really came of it but um yeah, had a involved. header it was like saw right to the goalkeeper i think it was some i, I don't know yeah, but yeah so anyway the, the limited opportunities we had he did seem to be um involved in some extent yeah so salazar looked good in the first half oh he got better as the game went on i should say but those nice plays by him the, the only chances we had came through salazar and i think maybe you know as as, as much as i wanted this to be a, a good bus in disguise getting a late goal and be able to recoup it seemed like the opposite because, like you mentioned, it should have been a more demoralizing speech at halftime, and it wasn't. Maybe they were too uh, high on themselves. I don't know. I go on my break. I was actually trying to send an email out for work during the uh, halftime. I come back. Lo and behold, Dusseldorf scored two minutes into the into the second half. Uh, Nari gets a goal. Um, the direct play once again, you know, right off the second half, over the top. It goes to, actually Kamensky gets the ball. You know, it does well to get the ball, but then. He tries too much. I don't know what the heck he does. Misreads it completely. Nari just gets him, gets him out of the way, and goes on a breakaway pretty much and scores a goal. Jack, one-one, right? Two minutes. I'm mean, just off the sec- after the second half. Worst way you could possibly start. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big mistake from Kaminsky. There's, there's no way around it. And I understand there's a big pace difference there, which, as we said, they were trying to take advantage of in the first half. Um, anyway, uh, so maybe this was a thing, but yeah, it just it's a. Th- quick through ball that gets played very direct in the middle. Um, and Kaminsky has multiple steps on, on Neri, uh, and, um, could, ha- in my opinion, it looked like he could have gotten to the ball or should have gotten to the ball and either played it back to, to Frazzle or, or, you know, yeah. cleared it out or done something. And somehow he just kind of allows Neri to get in there. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he was, 
trying to like box him out and take like a, you know, a steadying touch or something or what he was doing, but um, ultimately just gives the ball away. And then it's a one-on-one with the keeper and, and nine finishes it pretty quickly. Um, and that was, uh, yeah, you just can't, I mean, it's a stupid goal. You're handing it on a silver platter. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, one of the, one of the main deficiencies in Kaminsky's game is just his pace. Um, and uh, it hasn't been that much of a problem for us this season until now um, overall. <laughs> But I mean, like, yeah, this is the kind of matchup where it can be. And um, yeah, it, we survived the first half of this. Yeah, it's just a bad mistake. Um, and like I said, you can partially blame it on the pace, but I think I think Kaminsky should have done better in general. Yeah, he should have. And it wasn't like this was like uh, out of the blue, something Nari had been building all game long, constantly going down. He had to cut some opportunities in the first half, um, very much uh, involved in lots of the plays before this goal and then he goes and scores the goal so it wasn't like it was out in blue right and then so they kept they kept building and building um again nari involved uh maybe just 10 minutes later uh some passes around and end up a guy who we talk about pregame hennings their main goal scorer the one everybody knows the only player that anybody knows from dusseldorf wide open in the box he gets the ball puts it away two to one just like that uh, down to one. As soon as we went down, I'm like, the way this game going, there's no way we're gonna come back. I mean, you always had that hope. Um, what happened on that play there? I mean, yeah, it was one way traffic from Dusseldorf to start the second half as well. Um, ultimately, the game opened up a little bit, uh, and so it was a lot of back and forth and a lot of more transition play. Um, and so that kind of actually worked, I think, to our favor a little bit because uh, it opened up some of that condensed pressure that they were able to apply uh, in the first half. But yeah, on that particular play, building the other right hand side again ball gets played uh kind of centrally into the box i forget who had it i forget who actually ultimately gives the assist but um he starts kind of moving horizontally across the box to his right and i think multiple center backs kind of got ball caught caught ball watching i should say um and uh yeah hennings is just kind of in a little bit more space than he probably should have been some at least one of them probably should have stepped up and gotten a little bit closer to him if not put a body on him and uh you know suddenly the ball's played quickly backwards to the center of the box and he's there in space and um, you know, takes full advantage of it. So um, I don't know if it's like an egregious defensive mistake, uh, but it definitely wasn't. It wasn't a good look and, and it, just a lack of focus, in my opinion, probably uh, in that particular situation. But they were under a lot of pressure um, from Dusseldorf at that moment. Uh, so you can understand potentially being a little bit more frazzled and kind of moving around more. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was... Uh, <laughs> It was unfortunate. Like you said, we, we stole the goal early to get the lead kind of against the run of play. Um, and then, you know, I think Dusseldorf ultimately got what they probably deserved um, from this one. And then it was a matter of whether or not we could we could find a way to pull something back. Yeah. And you saw Gramozis immediately try to make a make a reaction change because of that. You had Piringer come off, Darko Cherlinov come on, Idrizi went off, Lee Dong Jong came on. Uh, to try to spark the offense there. Uh, later on, we would see Salatar come off and Razakowski. I don't necessarily upgrade there. And so we saw a, a cameo appearance by Salif Sani at the end. Uh, but ultimately, not enough uh, all the way around. Two to one loss to Fortuna Dusseldorf. Uh, I mean, just look at the statistics. They're, they're, they're just, I mean, 21 to 12 in shots, corners eight to two. I mean, they dominated. That tells the story right there how good they were compared to us. And passes, they had almost 100, 100 more passes than us. And you can always tell a team, huge team passes more is one is winning the game. And, you know, the times we've won this year, we've dominated that statistic. And they just, they beat us there. And, you know, even the passing percentage, I think we were okay. We were in low 70s and they were in the 80s. I mean, they just played, played a good game. It's point blank. And uh, it was pretty abysmal performance, honestly. Um, 
the trap game lived to its fruition. The manager bump was real. And it's uh, three points that we lost. I mean, there were some results this weekend that kind of were in our favor, but ultimately um, not good enough. I mean, at the final table right now, St. Pauli's at the top of 41, tied with Werder. Uh, Hamburger and Darmstadt below them at 40. So we're still in fifth place and 37, but we could have been – you know, in fourth place instead of fifth. Yeah, th- there's no reason that we should be on 37 points right now. Um, yeah. We should be level with with um, Hamburg for sure. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's it's just not a serious performance no. from a team that that's taking itself seriously and has serious ambitions. Um, and that's no disrespect to to Dusseldorf because no. it, it was a good performance from Dusseldorf. I think they deserve that win, yeah. um, and they were significantly better than us for a lot of that game in a lot of areas of that game. Um, and, uh, you know, so credit to the new management. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, once again, it's it's a team that's at the bot- near the bottom of the table. I, I believe that we have the personnel in terms of, like, the talent and the squad to compete at the top of the table. And these are games that you have to you have to win. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just, it, yeah, the first half in particular. I mean, you're, you're watching that and you're like, this, this, this can't be happening. Yeah. If you're trying to get promoted, you can't be letting a you know a 16th place team, whatever there's that have this kind of dominance. And to me, once again, this is this is where Gramatis comes in. Um, you have to be able to have a system in, in place and, and you know coach these players to uh, in some of these higher intensity games when they're getting put under a lot of pressure. They have to be able to find ways to kind of pass out of this a little bit better. Um, you can't just have you know Tarada sitting in the first half for the vast majority of 45 minutes never getting anywhere near a ball. Like you have to, at least, I mean, like we couldn't, we couldn't advance the ball up the wings and at least like play crosses in, which is sort of like yeah. the poor, the poor man's offense, which is just, we have no ideas. We're just going to whip in crosses all day. We couldn't even get in a position to do that. Um, and, and yeah, this is why, you know, mid, you know, Christmas when we're talking about what we think is going to happen. I, I believe this team can get promoted. And I think it's still obviously a mathematical possibility could end up happening. Um, but these are the things it's like, this kind of thing to me is, is more on the coach than anybody. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Not a, not a good moment. And it's not like the play, the place isn't the point, right? We're in fifth place. We would have been in fourth place. You know, even, even if the result went, we could have still, it's not where we are in place. It's the points. You know, if we had the, the three more points, we still would probably be where we are on the table, but that's three more points we would have. And it, it, when it comes down to the end of the race, it's all going to be about points, not place. And we're going to, if we, if we end up missing promotion by three points, two points, we're going to look at this game and be like, what the hell? There's uh, exactly a this is why when people were like, you know, saying <laughs> we'll go right back up, uh, Brayman, the result that got stolen against us, like, oh my god, if we, if we don't get promoted, like, this is why it's like, no, it's not, it's because we went on the road to a you know, bottom feeder and and gotten you know, absolutely played off the pitch. That's why, um, that's why so, you're not good enough to get promoted. So, if that's what happens, I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's not because of bad referee decisions because of games like this where you just didn't show up personally. Um, not enough. Yeah. It, I, and I hate to be like, we just didn't want it enough and be like that kind of, you know, like lowbrow narrative driven, but we whatever. <laughs> um, but some, something felt off from the very beginning of the match. Like you said, just the approach to that game, we were yeah. very lethargic. Um, and, uh, it's like, we took it for granted, right? It's like, Oh, it's a six bottom table team. Potentially, easily, you know? Yeah. And, and, and just no, no, no ability to make adjustments mid half from Gramatis on the sideline and communicating. And I know it's difficult, you know, and when there's no timeouts in a sport like soccer compared to other things, but just like, we just seem to be like on the same trajectory the entire half with nothing changing or improving. Um, and it wasn't really until the game, like you said, it kind of opened up and got more end to end that we really started getting yeah. chances with any frequency. And that's once again, as I've been saying all season, it's it's the times where we look most dangerous to the transition moments where they actually have some creative freedom 
yeah. to to do some things on their own. And when it's you know in more bogged down situations, we really struggle. Yeah, uh, Jake says uh, odd to me that Gramotis would play Bolter out of position. Yep, much of our possession goes through those wide players, and you can't have a player who's uncomfortable in that position. I agree, hundred percent. And Oyan was r- remarkably quiet in this game, mostly because Dusseldorf really had one place to worry about, and that was his side and. The pressure that they had put on didn't allow him to do what he normally does. Uh, and so, you know, full credit goes to Dusseldorf for that. And a lot, a lot of the criticism has to go to Gramosis for that. Um, the one you, you talk about the creative and, and freedom. The one time I, I started getting a glimmer of hope is when the new man came on, Lee Dong Jong. Um, had some, uh, had some nice plays there. What are your thoughts on his debut? Um, and we heard a lot about him coming in there. We were very stagnant in the middle. Not only in this game, but you know, throughout the season, and we needed someone like a playmaker. What did you see from him? Did you like anything from him? Thoughts? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing is I thought it was a strange moment to play him. Yeah. Um, on the road down in a game where you shouldn't be losing is is a difficult moment to just get your first minutes with the team. Yeah. Uh, not an ideal, yeah, situation to to bring him into, in my opinion. So I thought that was kind of eyebrow raising. That's the, the player that he chose. Not that we all don't want to see him and see what he has, you know, to be capable of. But once again, I kind of parachute him in in a more ideal environment. Um, I, I honestly didn't think he made much of an impression at all. Um, I don't think his teammates were that interested in passing the ball to him. It seemed like, and he didn't seem to be that interested in trying to get on the ball. He just seemed to kind of be like moving around and kind of directing other players at times, like, you know, making suggestions about where they should pass and like where some of the movement should be. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't really feel like we got enough from him in his like 30 minute cameo, whatever it was to really even evaluate him in terms of what he can do yet. So we'll have to, we'll have to see if he's more involved in the future. Yeah. And I, we saw in the first, like, couple minutes that he was on there was like quick touch passes and really trying to speed up the offense, which is what you want to see. But after that, it kind of like dropped off. And like you said, guys stopped passing to him and he wasn't really getting involved in the play. So I was, I hope like right when he came in, I was like, Oh, he, okay, this is what we want. He just moved the wall, create, create the movement. Cause we were very stagnant in the game. Uh, but like you said, it just kind of faltered off. The whole team kind of really didn't do much of anything. Um, and, and again, it's, it's come down to the tactics and it just wasn't set up to in a position to win, you know, Churlin off in there as well. And he didn't get really much chance to do anything either. So, um, end up losing that game three to one. And if things weren't, wor- you know, worse enough, uh, Dusseldorf decides to take a shot at us after the game. Uh, our man with the beers on his head was there in the game. He looked very sad. And then, uh, Dusseldorf says, uh, three points for us. Three beers for you. Okay. All right. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a game where they get, you know, a team as bad as that, you know, why not let's get, take their shots. So we deserve it. We didn't play, play well at all. We just got beat off the pitch, laughed off the pitch. Uh, Jake says, I'm also feeling even bummed out that Vinheim injury after this game. Yeah. No, you know, not having Vinheim for a game like this or, or a Randful or, or I then a right winger that, you know, we've had to rely upon this season hurt and it showed. And when we thought we had depth, all of a sudden it looked like we had no depth at all. And, um, even in defense, I think Malik Tiao looked a little soft in this game. I wasn't too impressed with him. Um, you mentioned Frazzle was bad. Paulson, not much to speak. I mean, no one really played well at all, honestly. I don't I can't think. Is there anybody in your eyes that played decent? Schroeder. <laughs> You're on mute. Good call. Uh, <laughs> Paulson Paulson was okay. Uh he actually had at least one moment where he actually played a nice a progressive pass, um, which is something that I consistently talk about is not being, you know, nearly as much a part of his game as would be beneficial to us. Um, he's very much a solely kind of defensive presence uh, in the midfield. And it relies on the two people that are flanking either side of him to really create um, going forward. Um, 
yeah, and it's not that you can't have somebody that's focused like that positionally, but it's nice if they're able to actually play those passes we need. And there's just too many times where he gets caught in possession and can't connect something. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was okay. I don't know. The rest, everybody was just kind of average to bad in this game for the most part, outside of like one or two people. So, yeah, I joked on the call that uh, not, instead of sixes and sevens, we we're all like threes and fours in that game. We were playing pretty bad. Um, so, enough of the bad, some of the good from the game um, or after the game, not from the game. After the game, uh, Florian Flick, he signs an extension with the team uh, prematurely. Actually, his contract doesn't expire yet, but he decided to uh, extend it to either 2024 or 2026. I forget. Do you recall? 2024, what? yeah. I think it was supposed to expire in 2023 originally, and then they extended an extra year. Um, uh, I was happy to see this uh, because, as as you know, Richard, as well as I do, uh, we have an issue uh, extending young, <laughs> young, promising players' contracts. Yeah. Um, and we constantly find ourselves, um, you know, having them falling out of contract right as they're sort of reaching peak yeah. desirability and sort of awareness on like a more broader European stage. And I know he's also one of those players that they were talking about potentially a loan deal happening for in January, yeah. um, which I thought was a mistake. Um, and I'm glad that he hasn't moved yet. So hopefully this is kind of a statement of intent that they're going to continue to um, develop him and get him in the mix. Uh, yeah. We'll have to see and, and wait. Like cause I, As we were just talking about Paulson, right? Like Flick is the antidote to that. Um, it has other deficiencies in this game that Paulson doesn't have, but yep. um, yeah, I mean, he's the kind of player that can provide that that thing that we're not getting at the moment sometimes. And for the record, we're not trying to hype up Flick. We're fl- we're very much trying to hype up Mendel right now. So just as if uh, you know, with all the luck we've had lately, Mendel. Um, but yeah, no, this is a good signing for us. Um, our extension by us. It's good to have keep players that are doing well for us. Um, and so another good job by Robin Schroeder to extend him. Um, hopefully, we send some other these uh, other guys. If we can maybe get Oveon permanently and some of these other guys who are on loan. I know we just did Peringer as well a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, let's just keep signing some of these guys. And, and you know, hopefully this is going for the Bundesliga. But, you know, if, if we are not to get promoted, at least we can use them again for uh, next season and see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, um, that's a good signing there. And it's, you need some good news going into the match this uh, tomorrow, Friday. It's uh, against Paderborn, a, a game that – at this point, it's a must-win. It has to be all must-wins because everyone on the top of the table is doing their thing. St. Pauli's winning, St. Werder's winning, Hamburg, Darmstadt, uh, Heidenheim's catching up. They're tied with us in points. You know, and don't forget about Nuremberg, Paderborn are in eighth place, um, and so this is a big game. Uh, they're only five points behind us. We need those three points. I mean, if if we are lucky with some bounces and plays, you know, if Darmstadt and Hamburg lose or all top four teams lose. We can get right back in this mix, but we cannot afford another slip-up like we did this past week. I don't even think a draw is good enough. I think we need to win this game. It has to. We won, we won the first. I think we won the first game, right? Um, one nothing. Yeah, one no. Yeah, yeah. with Terota. We uh, we need to win this game, Jack. Um, how confident are you going into this game tomorrow? It's a it's a midday kickoff game, as uh, Nate said on the USA Shalga fan group. Uh, ESPN Plus is actually picking up coverage of this. We will not be streaming the game because we both work. Uh, but ESPN Plus will be streaming the game, which is great for all of us out here on this side of the pond. So, wow, confidence level heading into this game, Jack. Um, you know, it's interesting because Schalke has been a much better home team this season uh, than a road team, and the opposite is true for Paderborn. They've been much better away from home than they have been uh, at home. Uh, so something's got to give tomorrow. Uh, yeah, but it, I think um, if you look back at that first game, pretty evenly contested. Um, they had some opportunities that they probably could have taken advantage that they missed. So they certainly had goals in them in that game. I think they just had a lot of shots like off target 
um, when they actually created decent chances that, you know, if some of those shots have been on target, they may have scored some more, um, you know, a game that we kind of escaped. I think that that Torada goal, if I remember correctly, came from, you know, both are kind of dribbling himself all the way into the end line and just playing it backwards. And it was, so it was, it was kind of a cheap goal to some extent. Um, and we struggled to create there as well. So, um, it, but it's a game. I actually expect some goals. I expect more goals in this one than the first time around. Um, I mean, you got Torada in there. You got Sven, who's what same same goal tally. I think fourteen probably at this point. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you have somebody like you know like Proger or something who who can play some some crosses in and do some things out from like sort of the right wing who's dangerous. Um, I mean, they got they get yeah they have some pieces. They can score some goals. So um, I don't know. It, I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a very important game. Um, the Dusseldorf result is horrible and just really stupid in terms of like the course of our season. But I feel like this game is almost more important where, um, you know, if they pick up three points against us, we're suddenly drawn into their gravity and it's going to be yeah. like, you know, what, two points separating us at that point. And we really want to make sure we're keeping contact with, you know, the Hamburgs of the world and yeah. kind of, um, you know, contesting at least that, that third place position and staying within, you know, a result kind of, of jumping in there so yeah. that we can take advantage of that gap. If, if Hamburg slip up. So, um, this is a yeah. pretty crucial game. Yeah. And this is worrying for me because Paderborn played us tough. Right. And you look at some of the big games that they played, uh, this, this season, especially the second half of, or, uh, in the most recent times, uh, Darmstadt, who's up there, they lost to Darmstadt one, nothing tough game there. Heidenheim, a team who's, who's above them in the table. They lost to them two to one. Uh, in a friendly against Wolfsburg, they lost five to four. It's a friendly, right? But it's still they played a, a Bundesliga team pretty well. Um, Nuremberg, they they beat them two to one. Werder Bremen, they lost four to three. So they got some goals in them uh, against St. Pauli, a top of the table team, two to two. Um, so yeah, they I mean they drew Dynamo th- this past weekend, but against the good teams in the league, they got pretty decent results. And I'm worried about that. And I and Grimaldi needs to bounce back after that and they need to take this game seriously fix that right wing situation i don't want to see bolter out there again i love bolter i want to see him on the pitch not at the right wing i mean if if you know yeah. if, if ron or ident isn't available trilling off machisiani i don't really care it's not bolter it's not working out and and maybe it's time to go back to bolter and throw it up top and it's good to see peringer bolter comes off as a substitute nice as well but the three of them as much as i want to see them i want to see them in an attacking three not Bolter on the wing or even Perringer on the wing. So, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think he would have played Bolter there if it was an opponent other than Dusseldorf. And so the fact that that's the case, I feel like means that you shouldn't have done that in the first place. Yep. Like if you typically wouldn't do that, but you're just saying, oh, it's this opponent, so I can maybe get away with it. Um, yep. You know, I don't know. And I don't know what went into that decision. Maybe it was like, I have to play somebody who's formed to this position. Bolter's a high IQ player. I trust him back there or something like that. But it seems that there's definitely, so I mean, like once again, Trillinov ended up playing in this game. Um, at least give him like 60 minutes or something in that position. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. It just seems strange for me. Uh, yeah, you could easily flip that, right? Start turtling off and bring in Bolter, and maybe that would have worked. Who knows? But yeah. But I mean, last last time we played Paderborn, they were second in the table at the time behind Regensburg, and you know, they'd gotten off to a hot start. So um, roles are a little bit reversed now in terms of our table position to some extent, but we know this is a competitive team, and um, the entire top half of the table is still relatively tight in terms of the points and everything. So uh, yeah, this is a game with big implications for sure. Funny enough, uh, Regensburg and Paderborn were top of the table last time we played. Both of them are now eighth and ninth. I mean, they got off hot and they kind of really cooled off. But they still, Paderborn is still playing well. Obviously, they're they're barely losing these games or drawing these games. So uh, it's a big game. We'll see what what comes up with the lineups here um, tomorrow. Again, again, the game is twelve thirty Eastern time, eleven thirty Central time, your time. Uh, so it's a big game. We'll see what happens here. I'm curious. I know I know we'll see Lee Dong Jong at some point. I doubt he'll start. 
Um, but we'll see what the lineups are. That's going to be very curious to see when it comes out. So, um, yeah, uh, hopefully get a win and we don't end up uh, blankets wrapped around us and freezing cold as we're crying because we're not going to be able to uh, move up the table here. It's <laughs> um, a great picture, actually. That's pretty it cool. It is. That's why I put The only reason I put it up here, I liked it. I was like, oh, yeah, it's pretty nice. But, uh, yeah, any final thoughts here before we wrap this one up? Uh, like I said, big game tomorrow. Um, I don't know. Must win. Final thoughts are uh, shout out Rangers. And if you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, I do about. know. The Glasgow Rangers. And I'll leave it at that's that. That's right. That's right. I will. That's a good That's a good call. Good shout. Can we get sponsored by them? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shaka Nation, uh, Shaka Americans. That's going to wrap this one up. Uh, we're going to put a bow on this one. Um, yeah, no stream tomorrow. That's Friday. So the game is going to be ESPN Plus. So definitely check it out. Uh, no illegal streams you're going to have to do in this one, uh, at least if you're in this side of the pond or at least in the States, I guess. I don't know about Canada. Uh, shout out to Shaka Canada as well. Um, Jack, uh, where can our followers find you on social media? At and J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Very good, very good. Uh, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Shout out to NBC4 Nashville. On that note, we'll catch you on the next podcast. Glue golf. Thank <laughs> you.